Hello there, and welcome to episode 39 of the Sports and Spirituality Show here, brought to you in part by the Fairfield County Sports Network and our friends at Price Custom Homes. Our friends are Mitch and Greg Price. They've been at this for nearly 50 years. They can help you from beginning to end in the building process. You can get more information by going to their website, PriceCustomHomes.com. Thank you, Greg and Mitch Price, for sponsoring the Sports and Spirituality Show. A special thank you to Mike O'Reilly at WLRY 88.9 Radio for Life for broadcasting this podcast every Saturday morning at 11 a.m. And also my friend George Chatters with Save Radio on the Internet. Thank you uh, for your broadcast of SAS on Monday afternoons as well. My name is Steve Rowland, my co-host is your co-host. She's everybody's co-host. She's a member of our society. She's a member of our world. She's a lover of the number 39 and 29 for obvious reasons. And uh, she is very willing to share her thoughts, heart, and passion for all things pop culture because she doesn't know anything about sports. (laughs) She is Kelsey Bull. Welcome back to the Sports and Spirituality Show. Kelsey Bull from Young Life Lancaster. What's up? How you doing? I'm good. How are you? Why do you love thir- 29 and 39? I don't know. That you was. Know? I feel like I. I try to track with your. Uh huh. Yeah. Your intros. Yeah. And I don't know. You don't. You don't why you, do Why do I love? You don't have anything for 39. Nope. Okay. You wouldn't because you're young. But you, you. You. You've said this. You like having birthdays. You're really glad the numbers keep going up. Sure. And yeah. I, I also celebrate that as well. Yeah. When the numbers stop, bad things happen. Totally. So we like the <laughs> fact that the numbers keep going up. That's what I should say to all of my mostly guy friends in their late 30s who are having a hard time. Yes. Be like, the alternative is you stop getting older. Exactly. So. It's a great thing to say. It's, I think, a healthy reminder. <laughs> Uh, hey, I turned 39. You know, when people get 40, yeah. 41, 42, how old are you? Well, I'm 39 and holding. Oh. You know, people, have you heard this expression? Yeah, I think so. Predominantly older people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and some said I've been holding for a really long time, right? Uh, 29, when they get, you know, 32, 33, like, ah, I'm 29. Uh, and then they try to sell it, you know. And some people are like, I don't know about that. And, well, yeah, let's just go with that. I'm 29. So 29 and 39, I don't typically hear somebody saying, oh, I'm 49. You know, like they're afraid to say they're 50. At that point, uh, you know, it's too late. Uh, to care. Okay. But I think 39 is the number that people <laughs> seem to get stuck on. Interesting. Yeah, people that I know in their 70s and 80s are still telling me they're 39. Oh, wow. Yes. Uh, there's an old guy. I'm positive you don't know anything about him. Okay. But he's an old comedian named Jack Benny. Does that ring any bells to you? Maybe vaguely. Oh, my like goodness. Famous in Hollywood? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, wow. Sure. Look at you. Um, but he was famous for n- never telling his age. Oh. So I think maybe he, one of the guys maybe that made um, 39 uh, again, or I'm having another anniversary of my 39th birthday. Uh, there is a funeral director here in town. Uh, his name is Frank Smith. And he, um, whenever you say happy birthday to him, he'll say, well, I'm celebrating the anniversary of my uh, my 82nd anniversary of my birth, or whatever, however old he is. He's 82? Uh, he's not. He's oh. not quite that old. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Oops, I stepped in. Sorry, Frank. <laughs> uh, you can continue to sponsor uh, the uh, the show. <laughs> uh, uh, his 62nd birthday, um, you would say this is the anniversary of my birth, as opposed oh. to calling it, uh, you know, happy birthday. So, at any rate, uh, 39. <laughs> um, but you're okay with the with the numbers. Yeah, they're fine. Yeah. yeah. You, you like them uh, to keep rolling in the uh, positive direction. Yeah, sure. You know any athlete wearing the number 39? Sure don't. Uh, no kidding. You don't know any athletes, period. <laughs> um, so why would you know an athlete that wears number 39? Oh, you set me up. I did. Yeah. Um, and uh, she took the bait. Um, she's quite uh, 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 this is sassy. You're like a bass. Uh, <laughs> that's a kind of. That's kind of fish. Yeah, I know. Oh, oh, oh you knew that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I grew up in well, Fairfield County. Oh, okay. That's true. And uh, you talk a lot, so you're a largemouth bass. Do uh, I? Uh, well, on this Look show. Look who's talking. <laughs> that would be a super largemouth bass. I don't think that's a thing, but now we've made it a thing. Do you, do you fish? I have. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> do I fish? Sure. <laughs> I don't know how to answer that. Actually, fun fact. Pre-children, uh-huh. every vacation my husband and I went on, we 
chartered a fishing boat. A Did fishing you really? Captain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Charleston, you, South Carolina, um, Tybee Island, Georgia. We went to Aruba. Um, I don't think we did it on our honeymoon. I don't think we went fishing on our honeymoon. Um, but on all of those, you chartered a uh, like a deep sea fishing thing. Yeah, and we did. You actually fish? Yeah. Or did you just go out there and drink like most of them? <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay. Actually, I don't think we drank alcohol on okay. any of those boats. Yeah, and you were probably really thirsty. Sure, I drink water, but <laughs> oh, oh, okay, good, not good. alcohol. Good yeah, no, we like fished, fished. But any, yes, any vacation, we've been married almost 11 years, any vacation that we uh, went on, I think, after our honeymoon, and we typically have, I think we've taken one every year, um, if we were near the water, we went fishing. Yeah. Did you really? Yeah. This is a fun fact. Yeah. Because I did not know this about you. When we were in Aruba, uh-huh. I forget what we were fishing for i think barracuda and yes. I, I caught one and my husband did not oh and so i have a picture with a fish that's like two-thirds the length of my body yes and i'm five two and uh, huge teeth you should did, yeah, did, did it show the sorta. teeth um i don't know sure i don't remember so you know i do this hobby mostly to support my husband yes but i enjoy being on a boat i enjoy being by a lake pond that's fine did you rub it in that you caught a barracuda and he didn't yes for sure good for you yep Mm -hmm. yeah see there's a little bit of uh sports fan in you Uh, oh (laughs) and you just gotta let it out yeah Yeah, and one of the things about being a sports fan Mm -hmm. is you kind of trash talk people You, you rub it in a little bit yeah yeah I feel like I mostly only do that to my husband. I know, but it, at least you do it. I, I, that to He's me is like progress. He's like the only person I'm competitive with. I love that. Oh, good. I didn't think there was a competitive bone in your body because I know there's <laughs> not an athletic bone in your body. Uh, so You've uh, seen me play no sports. I know. And I want to. <laughs> I want Because I love yeah. a good laugh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, and you already challenged me. You said you could beat me one-on-one in basketball. You said you could beat me one-on-one no. in hockey. No, 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 you no. said you hockey, could beat me yes, in a foot race. You said uh, that if you basketball. played uh, table tennis, you no. would whip me. You, 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 no, you've no, got no. all of these um, no. uh, idle threats because no. you haven't followed through on one of them because you know what the actual outcome. accurate. You know what the outcome will be. You're losing to me. No. Yeah. No, no. Yeah, um, well, we'll have to ha- have you play against Josh because apparently he's the only one I can be competitive with. Mm, I mean, in like a board game. Yeah. He's okay. really athletic. I can't yeah. beat him at anything. He's really athletic. Uh-huh. <laughs> I think that was a backhanded compliment. <laughs> I think he just slapped me upside the head. What did you Will Smith me for right there? I would love to see like him play you one-on-one in basketball. Oh, yeah. All of a sudden now you're lining him up to No, play. no. I want to play you in knockout. Okay. Yeah knockout anytime you great. name the time and place i've got a hoop uh here at the house great uh so uh we won't do it today because uh we were actually recording a little early for memorial day weekend and it's dark outside yes but if is. you challenge me and it's storming outside i know but if you challenge me i'll get the light out and we'll uh we'll just play uh, knockout in the dark in the storm yeah are you afraid? Yeah. Exactly. You should be <laughs> of afraid the storm, of losing. Not you. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, you know, I, I, uh, for a young lady that went to uh, University of Miami, uh-huh. uh, I, I would have expected you to be smarter than that, but uh, apparently not. I guess I was wrong. Um, okay. I, I'm fascinated by this fishing thing. Okay. Uh, uh, you do not strike me as the kind of gal that would uh, know how to spell charter uh, boat. Um, yeah. I mean, you would because you went to you know, right. Miami. Right. Yeah. But. Um, one of my good friends, Chelsea, who is currently on a mission trip, like an 11-month-long mission trip. Oh, wow. Her dad has a fishing boat up at Lake Erie, and so we um, spent uh, several summers ago, again, pre-children. We would go up um, and go fishing with her dad, yeah, several times this summer. I yeah. love that. I love that about you. Yeah. Um, uh, learning this fact. I, I enjoy <laughs> the water. Yeah. I, I, um, I have a friend who... Uh, charters um, a fishing boat up on uh, uh, Sandusky mm. uh, Lake, Lake in the Erie? Bay. Uh, oh no! Nope. But uh, uh, yeah, it's the bay gotcha. off of Lake Erie. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember we caught forty-four fish. Wow! Between the two of us. Uh-huh. Um, and the only reason I remember that is because uh, that's my softball jersey number. Um, and uh, we were out there for 
two hours or three hours. I mean, we were nice. we were pulling them in left yeah. and right. That's fun fishing. It, it was it was fun because it's active, mm-hmm. uh, but it's just something about the water and the sun. And all. I, I, so uh, comforting, uh, refreshing. I, I I love that stuff. And uh, so um, I celebrate that you do. Thank you. I also caught a barracuda. Oh yeah, I Where did at? Um, in the Dominican Republic. Mm. Now, when I say I caught it, basically, I went out on this boat with two or three other guys, one of them Dominican. He knew where the Barracuda were. Uh, <laughs> he threw the line out. Uh, he actually caught it. and He, he had you reel it in. He, you nope, reeled he, in. He, he reeled it oh. in most of the way. Oh. I brought it in for the last, like, 20 feet. And then he said, hey, hold this. We'll take a picture. And so I have this picture of me holding this Barracuda. Yeah. And the way the picture looks, it looks huge. Mm. Uh, and, and he found a way to get show its teeth. Um, oh, and gosh. they're super big and sharp like hmm, you, right, right. you wouldn't want them nibbling on your ankles for sure uh that would not go well um but uh i've shown that picture to people and they i say what is that and they said that looks like a barracuda i say yep that's what it is so wow. i feel like i've caught a barracuda one time in the dominican republic so, love that for you yeah you and i we have that in common uh sure. do you remember what you were fishing for in uh, you say Aruba? barracuda yeah i think we were fishing for did, did you fish anything else uh, mm-hmm. Like a walleye, when you go up to Lake Erie, you know what you're fishing for up there? Yeah, walleye and perch okay. at Lake Erie. Very good. Yep. Are you a catch and release gal? Um, no. <laughs> I like to eat okay. specifically walleye and perch fried. Okay. I love to eat those yeah. fried. And when we're fishing, typically on vacation, yes, we are a catch and release. It depends on the charter, but we often try to pick charters that are catch and release because we recognize we're tourists coming into a different place you know, habitat community. Sure. So we, yeah, definitely are, are intentional about that. Yeah. Um, but, um, what did we, we were fishing for red drum when we were in Charleston one year, we happened to be, um, in Charleston right at the right time that it was the highest tide of the month. And so when it's the highest tide of the month, our, um, charter, our guide, our captain, Um, he shuts off his motor and he uses these poles to like get us through the weeds and fishing for red drum. My husband really loves because it's kind of like hunting and fishing because you cast like how you find red drum is they like dive down to suck out whatever they eat from the ground and you see their tails. So you cast past them and then try to reel your lure in to sit right on top of them. And that's how, so it's, kind of fishing hunting type yeah. thing um i did not catch anything that trip but my husband caught a stingray actually he did yeah so he like had a big battle with a stingray which we have some pictures from yeah um i i think he caught some red drum too i that was a because we weren't like really actively on the water we were in very shallow water i i think i took that trip um after you know a couple hours because we pre-kids would go out like all day like eight hours right um i think i probably laid out and took a nap on you took the a nap yeah. exactly <laughs> on the, yeah, yeah. i don't want to fish for late. eight hours right i can do a couple hours yeah. but eight hours is a yeah. little much now did you release the stingray or did you eat the stingray no no we released it Release. actually our guide had had several uh, negative experiences with stingrays so he would only let it get a certain distance from the boat so we could see it but then he cut it loose because he was like we don't want stung <laughs> yeah so to Steve Irwin uh, sure yeah, yeah. crocodile mm-hmm. hunter mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah um, unfortunately passed away um, because of a stingray sting um, speaking of uh, those passing away, uh, this is Memorial Day weekend, and we've got a special guest uh, going to join us here in just a little bit, um, and his name is Anthony Schlegel. This is the Sports and Spirituality Show. This is the Memorial Day weekend show, and so I was looking for a guy that was uh, good at sports, uh, good at spirituality, and uh, has a military connection, and Anthony checks all the boxes, and uh, so super excited to have him joining us here uh, in the second half of this sports and spirituality show episode 39 now you talked a lot about your olden days you know bc sure uh before kids <laughs> i didn't mean you know before christ i didn't mean that you understand oh, or i thought you meant yeah. bloom carroll oh before like, bloom carroll bc means yeah. so many things it does i forgot that uh, there was a connection there. yeah um no this is adbc so a- after the uh what uh, um, uh, the educational process at Bloom Carroll? Um, um, okay. 
after you had kids, oh, okay. a lot of things changed. I was saying post-BC. Um, anyway, very confusing. Yeah, um, it was. You had kids. I did. Uh, so maybe you haven't <laughs> chartered as many boats and gone fishing. Right. Right. But right. you've done some other things, and I think maybe one of those uh, kind of significant moments um, happened uh, maybe recently. Yeah, so Lucy graduated from preschool. Yes. Last week. Um, her last day of preschool was last Wednesday. So Thursday we had a graduation ceremony and I'll be honest, I was the mom that thought this was a little bit silly. Yep. Um, especially because with Lucy's age, she's going to go to pre-K, pre-kindergarten next year. Right. So we're going to have another graduation <laughs> ceremony next year. And They're, the year after that, because I think the graduate kindergarten. kindergarten. Oh, my goodness. And I will say, some of her friends in her class, in her preschool class, are going straight to kindergarten. Okay. Um. So I, I do understand that. And she loves her class. She loves her teachers. She's, she's had a phenomenal school year. Um. But I, so, you know, we go to this little program on Thursday night and... Um, we have several family members joining us and they sing several songs. And then at one point they leave, um, to go get on their caps and gowns. And, um, I think they also maybe recited a book, the, the Brown Bear, Brown Bear book. It was really cute. It was really cute. But, you know, I'm kind of like, what is, what is this? Uh Um, so they leave to go put on their caps and gowns. And then after the slideshow ends, they start playing the graduation march song. Yeah, commencement, right? I don't know what it yeah, is. Yeah, pomp and circumstance. Great, that one. And um, we, she goes to a preschool at a church, and they had been on stage. And I was kind of expecting them to walk back out on stage, but they come from the back, and they're, like, walking down the aisles. And I look over to my husband, who I'm sitting next to, and I'm like, why am I about to cry? I was like, what is happening? Like, I thought the whole thing was cute and so right. well done. Right. But I just was not emotional about her finishing preschool. Um, that just wasn't the type of mom I am. But I'm, like, looking at my husband and I'm, like, recording everything. And um, I'm, like, I'm about to cry. This yeah. feels so silly. And she just, she was so cute. At one point, they asked all the kids what they wanted to be when they grew up. She said a ballerina. Oh. Um, which was the first time I had heard that. So <laughs> I have now enrolled her in a couple of dance camps for the summer. <laughs> um, uh, yep, yeah, that one was a fun one. I was like so excited to hear what she was going to say. I really didn't know. Right. Um, now, did other kids before her say ballerina? I don't believe so. Yeah, so this is fresh material. Yeah, I don't believe so. Um, but yes, it was so cute. They like handed them their little... Uh, rolled up certificate of completion of preschool it was really cute it was really fun uh we took lots of pictures afterwards but i just remember going into it thinking this is silly fun yeah so silly right and then i got emotional there in the middle yeah yeah now why do you think you got emotional i don't know Mm, okay if i'm thinking about it I do think it's been a really interesting year for me personally. Right. And so a lot of changes have happened for me over this last school year. And I think it kind of was just hitting me that I made some some very large life changes. Uh, for those that don't know, I left my full-time job with Young Life. I still volunteer for them, um, but to stay at home with my kids full-time. And that was a process, and there were several months of, like, part-time and then um, deciding to to be done with the staff position. And so with that, that, that was the biggest, like, external change maybe, right? But so much of that process was internal for me. And I right. think that that's kind of what was coming to me a little bit indirectly of just like, wow, we got through this year. It's been definitely one of the hardest years for me in motherhood and, um, yeah, just balancing, uh, being a mom, being a wife, working outside the home to working, you know, now inside the home full time, um, with the kids at home. So I I think it was maybe some of that just thinking through all the things we've went through this year and then just really being proud of her because you know for the first several years of her life she didn't go to school and she just completed her first school year so it was really fun to see and she really has grown so much over the year so I think it was just a lot of those things coming to mind 
was it um, also kind of projecting, hey, in a few more years she's going to be graduating high school or no. college and she's going to move out and, oh, my goodness, this is the first of many steps and uh, <laughs> I'm starting to sense that I'm beginning to lose my child right now? No, None I didn't that. feel that. <laughs> okay. okay, good. Um, they say uh, yeah. when a child begins to walk, they begin to walk away. Mm. Have you heard this expression I have. before? Yeah. Uh, I contend when they begin to drive, they begin to drive away. Right. Which means they go away quicker and they stay away longer. Right. And you worry a little bit more. Just trying to encourage you. Thank um, you so much. <laughs> you're welcome. Um, and one of the other things I want to be sure and say, I think I've said this to you before. Um, I think you're doing a tremendous job Thank as a mom. Uh, and Josh is, uh, is the dad. Um, and it is hard to make a decision. Uh, I believe... All transitions are hard, uh, from single to married, from married uh, uh, to no children to children, right. um, graduating, uh, seeing yep. them less. Uh, all transitions are challenging, and even the great ones that we celebrate are challenging. Um, and in these moments, for you to make that decision, to get a kind of a, a tiny payoff for, hey, I made this hard decision uh, that, quite frankly, maybe wasn't even best for me, but yeah. was best for my family. Yeah. And so when we make those decisions that say, I'm not doing what's best for me. I'm doing what's best for somebody else. And that somebody else happens to be the most important things to me, uh, my uh, my children, my family. Um, then uh, <clears throat> it's sometimes maybe more gratifying uh, because uh, you get a small uh, payoff from that. So maybe that was the deal. But the other thing I wanted to applaud you on is I don't know if you were just making that up or you were serious. My hunch is you were serious uh, when you she said she wanted to be a ballerina, and you were like, "Well, time to sign her up for some dance camps." <laughs> Uh, did you sign her up for some damn camps? Yeah, dance absolutely. Camps? Oh, I, I assumed you did. Yeah. I didn't. Uh, I, you could have been just making that up. No, no. Uh, but no, um, I, I assumed that you did because mm-hmm. that's what great moms do. Oh, thank you. They <laughs> listen to what their kids are interested in, even right. though you're like, that's not going to work. You're going to hate that. <laughs> no, uh, I actually think she might love it. No, I'm and scared to be a dance mom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm scared of the you, like costumes and makeup and hair. You, you've watched too many of those shows, haven't I, you? Yes, I have. <laughs> So I'm a little scared of that. But no, I really do want to support her dreams. And I feel like she's at such a fun age where she says that she's interested in so many things. And Josh and I feel very blessed and very supported to like let her go explore several things. So over the summer, we really are trying to let her explore things and we'll see what sticks. Yeah. Um, yeah, God bless you for doing that, really. Thanks. <laughs> um, because uh, I think it's what great parents do. Uh, my wife was so good at that. Uh, if my kids said they were interested in anything, even though you and I, um, she and I, knew <laughs> it was probably going to peter out in you know, right. 10 days or whatever, right. um, go ahead and give it a shot. Yeah. It might be something you do for a lifetime. Right. Or it might be something you do for 10 days. Yes. Um, but we'll find out. And right. that's what growing up is about, discovery, right? Uh, there's a great book. Uh, it's an old book by Robert Fulgham called Everything I Needed to Know I Learned in Kindergarten. Mm. And one of the things that I remember about that book is uh, four, five-year-olds, they, they think they can do anything. And you say, are you a poet? I sure am. And they they write a poem. It's you know, probably not very good. But the they don't know. Um, hey, do you sing? Yeah, I sing. And it, it may not be great at it, but but the, they don't know that. And so they just do it. Do you dance? Absolutely. I'm great at dancing. Um, and uh, again, whether they are or not isn't the point. What happens, we get older, we say, oh, I can't do that. I can't sing or I can't dance. Or, you know what I mean? Um, and uh, so I, I love it that you listen uh, and say, Hey, let's give that a shot. Yeah. Um, so I'm excited to see how it goes. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm excited to hear how it goes. Yeah. Uh, that's good stuff. Um, I uh, my son uh, had his final day of junior year, so he'll be wearing uh, the full size cap and gown next yes, year at this time, will. and so uh, we'll be celebrating that. Uh, we're Your about baby is a senior. Yeah, I know. How do you feel? Well, you know what? I have several different feelings about it. Okay. Um, and I'm not really, I'm still kind of assessing it all. Okay. Because I think we talked a podcast or two ago about my youngest daughter getting engaged. We did. So I've got two daughters that live, you know, on their own because they're uh, 28 years old and 25 years old. Uh, my 22-year-old, uh, she's 21, she's going to be 22 here in a couple, uh, couple weeks, um, getting married on February the 3rd. Um, and then I've got my youngest son that's going to be spending his last year in high school. I'm telling you, 13 months from now, Wow. 
Yeah, 13 months from now? Yeah. Steve's not going to have any kids in this house. Yeah. And I, I'm not exactly sure how I feel about it. Yeah. Uh, it is an interesting thing. We, we we need to get to this interview here in just a minute, but I wanted to be sure and mention um, our uh, deep sadness about uh, what transpired there uh, in Texas. Um, it was horrific. It was wrong. It was evil on uh, every level. And when you think about that moment you had right. to watch Lucy walk down the aisle. Right. And there's uh, 19 family members right. who were hoping that they could go to their kids' elementary school graduation. Mm-hmm. And they're never getting the opportunity to do that. Yep. And um, on this Memorial Day, when we are remembering those who paid the ultimate price um, for our freedom, and we uh, honor them, we celebrate them. There's a, a young man from our area who died here just a couple of years ago um, while um, overseas in uh, in, in a um, an attack. Um, we think about them, we honor them. Uh, we uh, we should be praying for those family members. Um, and then this horrific tragedy happens. How did that hit you as a mom as you uh, learn about these kinds of things? Yeah, I think Tuesday was hard for a lot of people, most people, right, who knew what happened. Um, it definitely hits different having kids, having kids in school. And I think... What is most sad to me is that we've had so many of these, right? We've had just not that long. I mean, weekly, right? I don't want to name all of the mass shootings because there have just been too many, and I don't want to leave any one of them out. Mm, True. And it's so tricky because, to me, it feels so avoided, Or Mm -hmm. there could be so many steps taken to avoid many of them, right? Correct. And I just, I feel frustrated because especially for young children, um, man, as the adults, we need to be their protectors. We do. And school should be a safe, fun place without fear. And my daughter this year had uh, active shooter drills in her preschool at four years old. Uh, And... It just feels so tricky to navigate as a parent. Um, And there's a lot of great resources out there, and I'm doing my best to be up to date and know how to talk through those situations with my kids. Um, But I think ultimately, like, it's just in this moment, I think sadness, and it feels really uncomfortable and really um, upsetting, like, to the point of anger. Yeah. And I, I think that that is how we should feel. And I think we should sit in these feelings for a time. Yeah. And then I think they should motivate us to move and be active and do our best to protect our kids. Um, and there's a lot of differing opinions on what that looks like and sure. what we should do. Um, but I just don't think our children need to be the victims. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very well spoken. Well, we should probably lighten the mood with uh, bringing on our guest. Are you okay with that? I would love to hear from him. All righty. As promised, I believe the perfect guest for the sports and spirituality show on Memorial Day weekend is this guy. He is a... uh, fan of sports. He's played a lot of sports. Uh, He's a lover of Jesus Christ and also was at the Air Force Academy. So that makes Anthony Schlegel the perfect guest for this podcast. And he's chosen to join us uh, right now. Thanks for coming on the Sports and Spirituality Show, Anthony. Absolutely, my brother. Glad to be here. So let's start in the order that the show is called. (laughs) Let's start with the sports side. I think you're from Texas. Is that correct? Yes, sir. And I think you probably started playing sports at a pretty young age. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, I I grew up, my dad was a high school and college football coach. So, I mean, it was just in the nature, right? I mean, he he taught PE, then he was the in-school suspension teacher, which is an unbelievable job. He loved it because he got to deal with the kids that were struggling a little bit. But, you know, I mean, I just remember going up very, very young to, uh, you know, like summer conditioning and like just working out and going to PE and, 
you know, doing push-ups and stuff like that when I was super young. And I started wrestling when I was about five or six and uh, playing playing baseball. So, you know, I, def- I definitely started fairly young playing sports. No question. At some point, you probably honed in pri- pre- predominantly or primarily with football, uh, maybe wrestling and football at the same time. I'm not sure how it works there in the state of Texas as far as being able to overlap those sports. But um, when did you realize, hey, maybe uh, football's a, a pretty cool gig for me? You, you find this now, right? So I'm living in Jacksonville, Florida. And there are so many people that play one sport year round. And I'm sure that's that's across the country. And I think it's absolutely the wrong way to go about sports. You know, so I would say I'm probably six, seven, even 10 years old. Going into the fourth, let's say fourth grade, I'm playing baseball and I'm wrestling. And there's always going to be a little overlap. But whatever season you're in, that's the season you're in. Right. That, that's yes. how it works. Then in fifth grade, I started playing football. So I played football, and then when football was over, I started wrestling. And when I was wrestling over, I played, like, high-level travel baseball. Um, so you can do them all. I didn't get burned out. Then when I got to high school, I decided that football and wrestling were my thing. So in the summer, I ran track. Now, I didn't necessarily compete in track, but I ran track. Right. And I lifted weights. And I did, I did triple jump because that was – I think it's awesome. So that was kind of my dad's plan. But I'll tell you this, when you play multiple sports, first off, you learn so many different motor patterns that you don't necessarily need for the sport that you play all the time. And it's good to have a well-rounded base of athleticism. Two, you get to learn how to be a teammate to completely different people because baseball people are completely different than football people. Lacrosse people are completely different than wrestling people. You know what I'm saying? So, like, your teammates, yes. they're all different. So, you learn how to be a better teammate, and you learn how to be a better athlete by playing, you know, those different sports. And most people are not going to be the best. You might be a great linebacker and not a very good, you know, wrestler or a very good, uh, you know, track and field person. But you're going to have to work on it because you're a competitor. And I think that's where people lose focus and they just like, yeah, hey, I just want to be really good at one thing. Well, they get burned out or they get injured. And I would think, and very rarely do they just continue to move on in that, just that one track. Yeah, it's a great point. I could not agree with you more. I've talked to lots of coaches, and they much prefer multi-sport athletes. And then we're seeing lots of ACL injuries um, in uh, men and women, and part of it has to do with their playing year-round sports. Ten of the 12 months, they're playing the same sport, using the same muscle patterns and all of that kind of thing, and it's too much for their body. But if they had played multiple sports, uh, then that may not have been the case for them. And so... uh, I couldn't agree more. I think it's best for the person um, and, quite frankly, for the uh, human body uh, to play these multiple sports, and I think you're a great example of that. So one day uh, you get word that uh, you might be able to play college football. I believe you went to the Air Force Academy first. Is that correct? I did, sir. Yep, 2000 to 2003. was was at the, the prep school, and then I went out to – you know, the academy for a year and a half before I ended up transferring to Ohio State. But, you know, they just they just had their graduation, which is an amazing, amazing time. It's an amazing experience. And congratulations to all the cadets that have been graduating from our, our armed service academies. It's a, definitely a special day. Yeah, no question about that. We'll talk a little bit more about that here in a minute. But then you end up playing at the Ohio State University. What are a couple of highlights of your time there? Oh, Steve, <laughs> the whole thing was a highlight. You know? I, mean, <laughs> I can't, I can't really. I mean, you would, you would say no because I remember in two thousand four, at one point we were three and three and struggling, but I think that that year really set us up for the two thousand and five season, where we ended up finishing fourth. Probably had a chance of winning the thing. Uh, really good football team, uh, co Big Ten champs, but you know I would just say the highlight my college experience at uh, Ohio State was just the guys and Coach Trestle. I mean, to a, for a man I still I still talk to to this day, president of Youngstown State, um, follower of Jesus, uh, just his impact on young men and what he did for me 
uh, is something that I'm forever grateful for. And that just shows the importance of leaders of men in, in, in college athletics for, for both sides, men and women, leaders, of, leaders that are men and women, right, um, for those young athletes and, and, and how it impacts the trajectory of their life. So yeah, so I'd probably say trust, and then the guys that I played with, my teammates. It was just a, it was a great experience. Yeah, there's the expression "band of brothers" for those in the military, but I think there maybe that linebacker room was the band of brothers with AJ Hawk and Bobby Carpenter. Uh, I think maybe some of those stories are legendary. Um, and uh, at the end <laughs> of, of at the end of the day, I think it really is all about relationships, isn't it? Oh yeah, I mean, you look at that room in, in particular. Uh, you have A.J. Hawk, you have Bobby Carpenter, uh, myself. Uh, there's a lot of guys. Uh, Curtis Terry, I mean, Chad Hubler. But then you had James Laurinaitis, and now head coach of Notre Dame, Marcus Freeman. I mean, that, that's, a, that's a pretty stacked room. Uh, Mike D'Andrea was in that room. Like, you had, um, you had dudes, man. John Kerr was in that room. But I'm just like going back to like James and Marcus and where they are now. And now they're coaching at Notre Dame. You know, uh, it just, you just never know. But I would say that entire team, and if you look at what, what kind of Coach Tress set up at Ohio State from, from our generation of guys, and they've done a really good job carrying it forward, Urban and Coach Day, and, and even, you know, Coop being in town giving back. Uh, the Woody Hayes phrase, pay it forward, is something that resonates with Ohio State athletes. And like, they just had a second and seven golf outing, tons of Buckeyes there. They have, you know, charity events throughout the entire summer in the Buckeye Cruise for Cancer, tons of a- athletes there from all sports, right, not just football. And I just think that that's something that's very, very special to Ohio State is that our athletes, men and women, are all about paying it forward and giving back. And so it's, it's something that's definitely very, very special and very unique considering I've been all over the country to a bunch of different universities and just football speaking, I, besides the service academies, I've never experienced a, a brotherhood that is like that of Ohio State. That's great stuff right there. If you're just joining us, this is the Sports and Spirituality Show, and we're speaking with Anthony Schlegel about sports, spirituality, and uh, also his love of the military as well. So eventually you make it to the NFL. How was that experience for you? Yeah, the NFL is a different experience. I mean, it's a complete, it's a business, you know, and I just got out of it uh, being a straight coach in Jacksonville. It's like I was in it playing, I was in it football or a coach it and then pooped in the copper field i'm out quick but, <laughs> but that that's how it happens that's the nature of that business and so you know football playing in the league like you got to live out your dream you know it's like hey i made it i, I accomplished the goal uh, but you know it's it is what it is it's a business and i i think that from a just a person's perspective um you know, the hardest thing about the league is understanding your identity outside of the league and outside of football because it is the culmination of what you've done your entire life. And then you search for what is my true identity, and that's that. And it takes time once you get done playing to actually do that. And that's where spiritually you always got to go back to the word, and it's my identity is in Christ. And and, but I tell you what, though, it's not an easy journey. And I, I've always said that I think it takes guys four to five years to figure out kind of what, they, what they're going to do next because they've been just so entrenched in playing football their whole life that it takes a little bit of time. But it's, you know, just humbling the fact that you, you already know where your identity lies. So, but it was, it was a great experience, one I never, uh, one that I cherish. And, you know, your kids have your jerseys and they got your helmets and they play with them. And, you know, it's just one of those experiences that allowed you to, to set up for other things in your life and, and, and direction. So that's just grateful for that time. 
No question about that. And eventually you get into coaching after you leave the National Football League doing some strength and conditioning coaching. I think you were working alongside uh, uh, Mickey Moriarty there at Ohio State um, and uh, then down with the Jacksonville Jaguars. How's that process gone for you in the coaching realm? Yeah, the coaching realm was unique. So I actually was hired by Eric Lichter. So Eric does a great job. Um, he now has a thing called Plus Two University that he did with Cardale, training young athletes. Phenomenal. He's in Columbus still. So Eric hired me with Tress. And then uh, Coach Marathi retained me. And, you know, it was a great learning experience. He actually pushed me to get a master's. And I ended up getting my MBA from Ohio State and the Fisher College of Business because he just, you know, just thought that I didn't want to get an admin degree. I wanted a, I wanted a, an MBA degree because I just saw the landscape of college football changing to where your strength and conditioning coach is more of your chief operational officer. It's facts. He's, he's with the guys all year. You're building facilities. It's great to have that business background. Anyways, so you learn a bunch of things. You go to the national championship, you win a national championship, you have opportunities. I end up leaving coaching and starting my own business where I have two patents and I sell a product that is a striking uh, machine to work on hand striking for the game of football. I've been doing that for the last, this is our sixth year now, and we're all over the place with that. That's a total God thing. That's a different story. Uh, and then I get a call from Urban to come down and be the strength coach for the Jaguars. And um, you answer the call, you move your family down to Jacksonville, and you swing as hard as you possibly can. And, you know, I'm no longer coaching there. I mean, it was it was a year and we're done. But you know what, though? You gave it your very best. And uh, I accomplished the missions that I wanted to accomplish here. And then moving forward, it just wasn't a fit. But, you know, at the end of the day, great lessons learned, grateful for the opportunity. And uh, on to the next mission. And that's exactly uh, the business of the NFL, and uh, you had that opportunity, and you're a young man, so other opportunities uh, will come along, I am quite sure. We call it the Sports and Spirituality Show, so talk to us about your journey of faith. I grew up in a, um, I would say kind of a a religious home, Uh, really came to faith, though, uh, at Ohio State University, and... um, with Tom Rohde, they're athletes in action, and uh, another guy that's there, Jim Schmicky, but Tom really just Bible study. What I, what I, what really got me was, um, you know, there's guys like Krenzel, and you had Laurinaitis, and you had, um, John, uh, you had um, Simon Fraser, and you had these guys, and they, they were going to Bible study, and I'm like, what, you know, what's going on with this? And so, and see, I was acting a fool, man. I was like, God, you did not bring me here to Ohio State for something. Like, why did you bring me here? I was just like searching, you know, for him. And just got led to Christ. My uh, red shirt year completely changed. I mean, with my wife. I mean, it's funny how you're around so many believers, but yet you yourself aren't. And you kind of dabble. I was dabbling in my walk with Christ. There, there was no commitment. There was no... There was no understanding that I was a sinner in need of a savior. It was, I'm a sinner, but let me work this out my own way. Right. Uh, and, th- and that's not how it works. You know, it does grace not. is abundantly given, not by which of anything that I've done to deserve it. And I, I grew up thinking that, that my works could save me, and that's not the case. And I had that realization when I was in college at Ohio State. And it was just amazing that they had the resources and also – you know, the, the wherewithal to like, guys need that and they were accessible. Uh, and, and obviously trust pushed it, but I mean, it's, it's really for any denomination. It's not, it's not siloed, but it's, it's, you know, I, I think that they do a great job of understanding that that is a key part of, of a, a young man's journey and they have the resources and people that are there. And I'm just very grateful for, for Tom and my teammates for, helping me understand who my savior is. 
no question about it, and to to be able to use those relationships that you developed on the football field, but also in the classroom and in the Bible studies, nobody can go through this journey by themselves, right? We need each other. We need to lean on each other, support each other, and receive support from them, and that has allowed you to enjoy your spiritual journey together as well, and we celebrate that. Talk to me about your family. I know it's important for you to lead your family uh, in the way of Christ as well. And that's the beauty of the football brotherhood. You know, like a lot of people don't really understand us. It's not like that we're different from any people, but just so driven and and we do things that are just completely different. A lot of people don't. A lot of people think they want to do things for football, but they really don't want to do things for football. But being able to have uh, people that understand you uh, and understand your walk with Christ to be able to give guidance, um, that's very, very important. Leading your family in Christ, I mean, it's what you're called, right? We're the, we're the leaders of the household. We've been given um, the honor of raising, in my particular case, three children. And it's just something that my wife and I don't take lightly. The, the body of Christ is critical for all aspects. It's critical for what you're talking about, right? Like Bible study and fellowship and... Uh, people to lean on to, people to have, like, just to pray with, pray over, uh, have them pray for you. Like, that's just vital to, you know, to you as a believer. And, and you know, here with our family, it's it's critical to where, you know, it's that body that's also going to be guiding your children, you know, that's there, that's helping them. Because, I mean, let's, let's not kid ourselves, right? I mean, everybody, you know, we, we have kids, I'm not going to say elite, but I mean, I'm a strength coach that coached in the National Football League and Division One college football. But yet, my kids want to listen to somebody else that coaches, right? It's on YouTube. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like they don't necessarily listen to me, but they listen to them. And so, you know, that is where the body steps in for you, right? It's the youth pastor. It's going on mission trips. They, yes, you're going to try to be there with them, but yeah, it's also good for them to experience their own and develop their own relationships. But at the same time. Our job, I believe, in, in, in our marriage and dealing with our children is to show them what a godly marriage looks like. Yeah, is there financial stuff that comes up 100%? How do you treat your wife or your husband when, when those things arise? How do you get in God's word when you're looking at where do we go to next? You know, are you vulnerable with them? Do you just try to keep everything hidden or, you know, do you, do you talk it out with them and say, listen, you know, when you get into a marriage, this is what happens. Right. And here we find ourselves. And just so you know, this is where we go to uh, when times are tough and when times are good. Right. So it's like you got to praise them in the valley. You got to praise them in the, in the mountains, on the mountaintops. So it's just I think that that's what my wife and I try to do is just show them um, that God is there in every situation and that the body of Christ is always there with them, too. But it, but again, it starts with the relationships and that takes time, energy and effort. And a lot of people don't want to give that up, uh, but you have to. If, if you want to, if you want to be invested in, you got to invest in other people. It's no, uh, there's no question about it. Uh, they say, with it comes to children, that things are better caught than taught, right? So you're setting an example, so they'll catch that and say, "Oh, this is what my parents do." Not because they even said it, because I watched them do it, and I see that they've made that a high level of importance. I did want to ask Absolutely. you: um, you are from Texas. Um, um, how did that uh, tragedy there near San Antonio, Texas, impact you and your family? Well, let me tell you, Steve, it's just, like, it's such a hard, I mean, crisis is the word. It's a hard crisis to even wrap your head around because the majority of those children were in fourth grade, I believe. Yes. And and I have a fourth grader, you know? And so it's just, listen, I mean, there's, there's definitely things that have to be done in our country. I think that people got to, there's too much, there's too much politicking, first off, that goes on, but it's people got to be able to listen to each side and come together and, and create a solution. America needs to get back into the solutions business. We're just in the talking business. We like to talk, uh, but there needs to be a solution. And, you know, you're also never going to stop evil. And uh, I look at this and it's like, you know, are demons real? Yeah. Yeah. I think they are 100%. One, it's biblical, but two, like there's a lot of, there's a lot of forms. I'm not going to get too much into the weeds, but, 
because I really don't know either, but I just know that there's evil around. Yes. And it's why we always got to be, we always got to be standing ready. Now, I'm not talking about standing ready, like ready to go do something, but I'm just talking about like with our children, with people that we experience, like we just don't know. And we got to cherish that time that we have with them. Um, and, and, and also in teach and talk, right? You can't go by the wayside and not like talk about this, this experience with your children and have an understanding of the significance of life and what, you know, bad things can happen, you know? So it's just, it's a, it's a, it's a terrible, terrible tragedy. And there's been too many terrible tragedies in this country. So, you know, what do you do as a person in Jacksonville, Florida? You bring awareness to it, to your kids. You say, Hey man, this is, this is uncalled for. This is unnecessary. This is, this is absolutely appalling. Um, and so what can we do as a family? We can pray for them. Yes. We can get in the word. Yes, we can, but also understand that how precious life is. And, you know, it's our responsibility to go try to do something about it. Uh, no question about it. My guess is uh, Anthony probably held that fourth grader a little tighter yesterday uh, than maybe he would have last week. And so thank you for your perspective on that. Uh, I got to ask you about your appreciation for the military. You were in the Air Force Academy. Yeah. I know you have a real heart uh, for the men and women who are serving and protecting our country. See, let me tell you something. I mean, I absolutely love the military. First off, they protect our freedoms. I mean, they, they're doing stuff that nobody wants to do. You know they're leaving their family and they're going all over the all over the world uh, and saying yes sir yes ma'am and accomplishing the mission for the United States and and, and their interests worldwide. Like <laughs> regular, I, I, yeah, put this in perspective. Regular people will get upset when their job tells them to put the TPS reports on the email. You know what I'm saying? Or yep. they get they get upset when now because we've been in COVID protocols and people are starting to go back to work. They don't want to go back. They don't want to go back into the building. I get it. But you know what our military does? They just say, yes, sir. They, they go and accomplish the mission. And, I mean, I, I, I played with a lot of guys that, that obviously graduated and served from the Air Force Academy, and I know the things that they did for our freedoms. And I'm like, those are some, those are some awesome men and women. And um, I've met a ton of them through Ohio State. And it's just I just appreciate them and their service. And that's what, you know, people – don't realize like they chose to serve, right? They are a servant. And uh, it's just humbling that they answered that call uh, for us, right? And I think that's something that we always get. It's, you know, it's always it should be an appreciation for them. Now, Memorial Day is different. Memorial Day is remembering those that have lost and given the ultimate sacrifice. And there's been a lot of those as well. And you can't forget and dismiss what they're going, what their parents go through on a day like that where their loved ones no longer there because they gave their life for us you know it's just something that you always got to put in perspective and uh that's why you got to have your quiet time that's why you got to have those moments where you can just self-reflect of you know those things that you're grateful for no question about it thank you for sharing your heart and passion uh, for that so what's next for anthony schlego <laughs> what's next man i tell you what that's uh What's next for me is is I just been digging into God's word and you know you you go from you know where your radio presence on Morning Juice and the Fan in Columbus, Ohio, to uh, head straight coach in Jacksonville, to no longer doing that, to living in Jacksonville, and you know I just been in God's word, just looking for guidance and looking for um, I would say just insight into what's next and and when you don't know the only the when you're not convicted about it the only place to go is into his word and then you really for me it's it's to make a decision like that or, or to figure out what is kind of next you got to look at how the devil's trying to attack you and it says in the word there's only three ways that he attacks you but we all get attacked same three ways it's pretty cool though the fact that we know what they are correct right? it's less of the less of the flesh less of the eyes and the pride of life and you know, I can honestly say a lot of it for me is not the flesh and it's not the eyes, but it's the pride. And but when I know that, then I, I can sit back and I'm trying to unwrap where where is that? Where am I where am I falling? Um, how can I just give that to the Lord? And so just 
currently, that's what I'm doing. Now, I still have my business, the Difference USA, the striking machines, and consequently, we're having our best year, our best year ever. Uh, so that's good. So yep. it's like, you know what? In the meantime, I just keep that thing rolling, and uh, the Lord will present present the next the next mission uh, when he's ready. So that's it. That's what we got going on. And that's exactly what God calls us to do, right? Uh, he is our father, so it's his job to tell his children what to do next and then our job to be courageous enough to do that. And so you're just Amen. waiting for the call of the father, and uh, and I know you'll be faithful to that call. And uh, you've been uh, faithful um, as a follower of Jesus, a lover of uh, high school and college and professional sports. Uh, you are, don't shy away from your faith. And I so appreciate that, uh, uh, that you are willing uh, to be um, a uh, an ambassador for Jesus, to use the platform that you've been given to point people uh, to the ultimate source of hope and help and wholeness and healing for eternity. And so I celebrate uh, your willingness to do that. And uh, we know because um God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, that the future is bright for Anthony Schlegel and his family uh, because um, he has been faithful to you in the past. He's faithful to you today. He's going to be faithful to you tomorrow. And uh, the future is very bright for Anthony Schlegel and your family, and uh, we celebrate that with you. I appreciate it, buddy. Yeah, he's, uh, we, have a, we don't have a spirit of fear, right, but a, but a power. And, and I tell you what, it's, you know, it's one that's humbling to be on, and, and that's the beauty of the process of being a Christ follower is, you know, it's just always a realization that I'm a sinner in need of a Savior all the time. And just because I'm saved, guess what? doesn't mean I stop sinning. That's the sanctification process. It's a long journey. And we're never, we're, we're never going to attain uh, the ultimate goal until, until we get to heaven. And, but it doesn't mean I don't keep working, don't try to keep getting better. But also just the fact that you can share what Christ is currently doing. You've never arrived in being a Christian. And the other thing is you never have to work for anything to, to earn it. It's just it's freely given all the time. I mean the tomb is empty. Like that's the biggest thing. Like you serve a resurrected God. That's it's humbling and it's and it's crazy and it's I don't know. It's just it's something that you when you just continue to get into God's word, it's just like you just you just want to praise him all the time. Because you look at you look at how much in the weeds the creator of the universe is in your own life. I mean, and you're just like, all right, it's my life, right? But I just see him working in the weeds uh, for my good and his glory. And I'm like, okay, awesome. Yeah. It is. So, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah, it truly is, buddy. It truly is. Well, thanks for having me on. Uh, you are welcome. Uh, last question for you: Have you yeah, ta- have you tackled a drunken fan recently um, while uh, on the <laughs> sidelines of a football field? You know, we actually had a fan that ran onto the field when we were playing in London this last season, and everybody immediately looked at me <laughs> as though, like, why didn't I go out there and tackle him? And and in Europe, they don't tackle fans. They don't run on the field. They don't. It's like don't do that. So I'm like, okay. I'm like, I'm, I was kind of looking around like, do I go? Like, what do I do? Do I help you guys? Uh, you know, it's like, there's nobody out there. <laughs> and so, but that's just, that's just something over there across the pond that they do. They don't tackle, they don't tackle their fans. They let their fans run on the field. I think that it's, I don't know. I don't know what it is. Boy, that's okay. I don't either. I, I, I so remember that. I caught up with you after after that, and uh, you told me uh, the reason why you tackled that fan at Ohio State. Uh, you want? Uh, I'm sure you remember that moment, um, and uh, I think it was about protecting your guys. Yeah, I mean, I, I, you, first off, that guy was kind of running toward me, and it wasn't like a fan like I was in, that was in London where he just came and stopped and, like, dapped up somebody, right? Like, he was kind of running toward us, right? I, I I really had no clue what was going on, and and so it was just kind of a quick response to like I I had no clue what this guy's trying to do, like, and he's and he's running at me, you know, like kind of right like, by the sideline, you know. So I was like, just go out there and do it. Here you go. That's what linebackers do, man. When they run at That's you, you got to take them down. 
No doubt, no doubt. Yeah. It happens. Well, it was, a, it was a great tackle. You were, um, I think, just uh, one of the assistant coaches, um, but you were in the stat sheet as uh, getting one tackle that day, and so that was that's, good. That's big, that's big time. That yeah. is. That's big time stuff. Yeah. That, usually the yeah, – uh, those stats. Yeah, the cats, uh, the the coaches don't usually get in the stat sheet. So uh, that was a, that's right. a pretty good day for you. No doubt. Hey, no th- doubt. thanks for joining us on the Sports and Spirituality Show. I really appreciate it. Um, uh, thank you for being a witness for Jesus Christ. Thank you for your time of service in the military. Thank you for your passion for those uh, who have lost loved ones. Thank you for your prayers for those families in Texas going through uh, the most horrific uh, experience of their life. Um, uh, and we trust the Lord's blessing on you and your family as you continue to be a witness for him. Thanks, Steve. I appreciate it, guys. Thanks for listening, everybody. That's Anthony Schlegel. Well, Kelsey, that will wrap up episode 39 of the Sports and Spirituality Show. Would you be willing to come back for episode 40? Yeah. Hey, there was an up in your voice right there. I'm excited we're going to hit another decade. Yes, I'm excited about that, too. Uh, Thank you for being a part of the program. Thank you to the Fairfield County Sports Network for your sponsorship of the Sports and Spirituality Show. And our friends at Price Custom Homes, uh, Greg and Mitch Price. You can find them at PriceCustomHomes.com. Thank you for your sponsorship as well. Join us next week at this exact same time for Episode 40 of the Sports and Spirituality Show.